test, 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 one, two. Can you hear me? One, two. Welcome back, Confessionista. This is Harper. We're so glad you're here. Today, in a special two-part double feature, we're talking friendships, these significant non-romantic relationships that mean the world and sometimes upend our world. In part one, we're talking about friend breakups, why we break up with friends, how our personal growth changes who we want to be friends with, and how boundaries yet again play such an important role in how we engage with people. If you listened to our previous episode, we talked about AFCO, another effing growth opportunity, and you'll hear a lot of that in this conversation too. But isn't that one of the great things about friendships? Talking together is part of how we grow. For this two-part episode, we welcome our friend Kay to the conversation. She's another client and friend of Jen's and had some great things to add to the discussion. We'd love to hear your experiences with friendships. You can always email us at salonconfessionspodcast at gmail.com or find us on the socials at Salon Confessions Podcast. Here's part one of our discussion on friendships. Welcome back to The Confessional. This is Jen, and today I am joined by Harper and a client. Are you, do you have a name, client, or are you just K? Just K. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm joined by Harper and K. So there are three of us here in the confessional, and we are going to talk to you about um, heartbreak. How, heartbreak. Yeah. Oh, I thought we. Were... But not like romantic heartbreak. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, that's true. Because the topic is how to deal with friendships when they change. Yeah. But before we get into it, do you have any confessionals? Uh, do you have a confession of the week? So here's my quick confession of the week. Hudson, my husband, Hudson, is an animal lover. And he likes to surf Facebook Marketplace. And so he surfed Facebook Marketplace and he's like, hey, let's go run an errand. And I was like, okay. And I get in the car and I was like, where are we going? He goes, we're going to go look at an aquarium that's at a daycare center. And I was like, what? Why are we doing that? And he goes, well, they need a new home. And I was like, so why are we doing this? <laughs> and we walk into this daycare center and the lady and her husband are there and apparently she's been told that the CEO no longer wants them to have aquariums, but she's been putting it off. But now the CEO is coming to town. Oh, Lord. so she's got to ditch this aquarium, but she's had these fish for years. <gasps> so we walk in and the fish are all scared and they're hiding. And my poor husband's sweetheart, he's like, we have to give him a good home. <laughs> but in order to do that, we had to go find a new fish tank because the other one was really gross. We had to figure out how all of the fish tank parts went together. We had to cycle the fish tank because that's apparently really important. And then we had to transport the fish four days later. So yada, yada, yada. Now we have a 55-gallon fish 55 tank. 55-gallon? 55 55-gallon 55 fish tank with 14 grown cichlids and three baby cichlids that I've named all of them. <laughs> if anyone's ever in need of help. Fanatic. He's an animal fanatic. And he was honestly, he was like, so freaked out for four days. He's like, I wonder if the fish are okay. I wonder if the fish are okay. He was between just, the time you viewed the fish yes. and then rescued the fish. Yes. He was concerned about the fish. Yes. yes. 
If he knew what happened to rodents at my house, he doesn't well, never speak to me. It's, it's a good thing you're his partner because if I was a partner with somebody like that, we would be a big trouble. huge trouble. Yeah, <laughs> she's the animal person too. I was thinking that when she started. Yes, she would rescue all the animals. You would have a whole zoo. Yes. <laughs> I okay. well well when you started that, I was like, what does this aquarium have guinea pigs in it, rabbits? But yeah, fish. fish well, fish. fish. And if, if only all friends were like animals and they just love you and appreciate you when you feed them and keep them clean. <laughs> if that's all they require. <laughs> yeah. A little food, a little water. Everyone's happy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So Kay was my last client. And I said to her that we were going to be recording and talking about how friendships change. And right away, she's like, oh, well, I think all friendships change. I said, stop talking. Just stay. Just stay after and record with us. So what were you about to say? You said, well, I just think all friendships. Well, I think all, no, all relationships go through, obviously, ups and downs and just changes and as we grow and experience and what have Mm -hmm. you. But, But then I was trying to compare some relationships a bit different than like a marital relationship where you've taken an oath. to kind of ride the ride yeah but then you and i have talked a lot of times about not having to take that ride the ride with Mm -hmm. people as they've changed and they have become toxic for Mm -hmm. you because you have either grown grown a different way or and and creating space for that evolution when you you know we have identity with our friendships and i've had people that I've just had to say goodbye to with as much love as I can. But like you said, sometimes it just turns toxic mm-hmm. and you've grown past where they're at and, or vice versa. Maybe they grew past. past right. You. And sometimes it's not even, sometimes it's growth and sometimes it's just change. Yeah. Something in your life changes. Therefore other things change and you're just yeah. not on the same page. A lesson I recently had, which I feel like I should have had this, eons ago but my bs meter is is higher than a lot of people's so sometimes i would bring these individuals around my other friends you know like cross groups kind of thing and people just be like oh my goodness and so it took me a long time to just kind of realize you know i i can't really do that because my meter like i you have a higher tolerance yeah, yeah for and but at the same token i mean i have now cut all of these individuals out of my life pretty much. Right. So um, it feels it feels good. And I don't know why I ha- had them hanging around. I mean, I think it's just because you, I don't know, it's just the routine. The, yeah, the hope expectancy, it. like yeah. it will change. I know change. it will change, but. Or I can deal with it. But that's yeah. so true because sometimes it takes somebody else that who also knows you and knows you really well mm-hmm. to be like, why? why is that person in your life? Yeah. And, and then to have that realization in that moment, I've had that exact moment mm-hmm. where I was like, Oh crap. Why is that person in my life? I don't, I don't know. I don't know why I yeah. would do that to myself. Right. The other thing, um, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but my true best friends, um, I feel like we don't have to even talk every week or even text exactly. every week. But the second you do pick up the phone to talk or you do start texting, you just start where you were. Yeah. You don't stress each other out. You don't give each mm-hmm. other grief. You don't guilt each other. Right. And it's like, that's when I know that 
that is my true yeah. close friend. Yeah. Like, that's just how it is. Okay, but I have some of those who are still <laughs> toxic. So, funny when you said around certain friends, because I have gone through a few things lately, which is how we got on the subject of friendships. And I'm standing in front of my husband one night, like, am I crazy? Is it me? And, you know, he's heard this from me a few times. And he's like, no, in this instance, you're not. And I go, okay, but. This is like the fourth time I've been through this. And I start naming names. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and I'm the common denominator. So I need to really look at this is like one o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, and I am the common denominator. And I need to figure out what this is. He's like, yeah, what is that? (laughs) (laughs) And the next day, he's like, I'm pretty confident in saying that all of these people and probably other people, you know, if you brought them around me or your daughter, we would tell you really quickly, you shouldn't hang out with them. Mm-hmm. And I like what you're saying, though, because my tolerance for BS is 10 times the two of them put together. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. they have zero tolerance, which mm-hmm. is fine. And some days I wish I could be more like them and just yeah. like, nope, don't like you. Nope, don't like you. And why do you have to be so friendly? Why do you have to oh, talk totally. to everyone? Do you know the, the business I'm in? Do you yeah, know the right. industry? Like, I have to talk to people. I have to be nice to people. What yeah. What is the problem? Well, it is a problem because this is what happens. Then I allow everyone in, mm-hmm. including people that mm-hmm. are not healthy or that, you know, energy vampires and suck the life out of me. But it is interesting that there's always somebody in your life who would probably mm-hmm. be like, oh, that person's not exactly healthy for you. Yeah. Yeah, they I just... Think- swoop in suck the energy out swoop out and then they know when to swoop back in somehow and then make you feel guilty because you victimize them in some way shape or form oh yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) i will say though like i i also have those moments of like why have i allowed this but i most of the time i end up feeling like i would rather give people the benefit of the doubt Mm -hmm. until until the moment when i go Yep. And I'm, I can be okay being done. And then I literally do separate and I, I have grief about that. I feel sad about that. I have relationships that I've lost through the years that at one time I considered extremely like family, soul sister kind of friends that I've said, and this is done. Mm -hmm. And, and they're so confused and it's not sudden. I don't like immediately break up with people, but it is very definitive. It's like, and this is no longer where I want to spend my time, where I want to spend my energy. And I'm glad that I did as long as I did. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that we, I can feel grateful for the relationship and what I got out of it. And I can let it go with some version of peace that sometimes takes years. <laughs> yeah. Right? You did the work. And, and to be like, I get really put off by people who literally have no patience or time for anybody. You know, like, Mm -hmm. it's just in the first five seconds, I like you or I don't. That to me, like that level of impatience feels so intolerant. Okay, you're a human being. I'm sure there's good things about you. I'm going to seek to find those things. You may or may not return that favor. (laughs) Yeah, it's okay too. And, but I can be confident and secure. And until there's a point at which there is no longer a relationship, I could just put you in that place. You made me think of something else. So if you have someone in your life that you've kept in your life, but you have to take breaks from them. For sure. Is that normal? Yeah. Is that healthy? Yeah, I think so. 
Okay, so so sometimes you take the break, you circle back around, things are good. Yeah. But then maybe it gets to a point where taking a break isn't enough, and that's when exactly. you say, okay, this is no longer healthy, and mm-hmm. I need to move on. Yep. See, I don't know. I feel a little bit different about that for myself. Yeah. Like, I feel like I can do that with family. Again, when I think about my true friends, yeah. like, I, even though we take breaks, it's not intentional or because we had to. It's just life is happening. Um but when I do have a friend and I'm like, I do need to take breaks from them, then I sh- that to me is a red flag. And that's why I was asking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I think when I go back, when I can literally name off four to five people that mm-hmm. I have been where things implode and partially because I take and take and take and take and then I just lose it. Like there's kind of maybe no warrant. Like you're saying, oh, it's not, it does not out of the blue. For these people, because I've taken so much and then when I lose it to them, I'm sure it is completely out of the blue. But, it's like, how could you not tell that you did did me wrong on this level, this, 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 this. And then when I lose my shit, then you're standing there like, what, what, what did I do? Yeah. Where should I begin? Because I got a long list for you. But I don't know if it's take as as it is you give. You give, you give, you give, you give, you give. And give, and not get in return. Exactly. You're right. You're and right. It's, yeah. I you're think right. a friendship is always going to be, it needs take. to be a give and take. Sure. Or, or it's unbalanced. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Boundaries are crossed somewhere. I have to agree with that. I just think I need to start noticing what you refer to as a red flag because I think in the situations I'm getting myself into, there are red flags. When I'm doing that, you know what? Let me take a step back. I, I need a break. And I've done this with multiple people. And I've always taken on, it's me because being the highly sensitive person I am. But I think going forward, if I have someone in my world that I need to take a break from, that is my sign I should not be that close to that person. Mm-hmm. I can keep them there at arm's length and don't mm-hmm. let them back in. Mm-hmm. But I think what happens is I take the break and I create some space and then somehow I let them back in. And every time I let them back in, they suck more life out of me. It just cycles. Yes. Yeah. It just Which recycles. I way. know is not anyone's intention. Mm-hmm. I know that's not anyone's intention to suck the life out of me or to make me feel miserable. I know in their heart of hearts, that's not their plan. But that's just where they're at in their life and they're very needy and I'm always trying to fix everything. So let me just fix that too. So that's what I need to start looking for. And as soon as I create that arm's distance, I got to leave the strong arm out there (laughs) and love you from here before I get to the point that I lose my shit. I love that. I love that. I need to love you from here, which is like, you know, maybe you're not completely ostracized. I've got a couple people in my life that like we're, we, we are literally like family. I'm I'm sincerely okay just allowing them to be in whatever mess that they're in, and I I sincerely don't feel the need to go and save them. Mm-hmm. And it's okay for you to be in that space and for me to love you from here mm-hmm. and not feel any sense of responsibility mm-hmm. for having to come drag you out of the muck. Like mm-hmm. I've seen you here before. I trust you can get out. Right. right. You and are someone else can help you. Not me. Well, but even more than that, we all need to learn to ask for help. If I'm just sitting around saying, somebody please come save me all the time, then that's not healthy either. So I think sometimes getting into those places, like we've all been there and you've been in the darkest of the dark and you have to figure out how to help yourself get out of that. But I have had such delightful experiences letting people get themselves out of the muck and celebrating them along the way and going, you did it. Good for you. Mm-hmm. 
I have yet to experience that. It, it is miraculous when it happens. I have to let my identity as, you know, the, the hero friend, I have to let that go. Yeah. The fixer. Yeah. Yeah. It is not my job. No. So what do you do back to the heartbreak when yeah. something shifts or changes that is seemingly completely out of your control yeah and it isn't into a new space like i was saying where i have somewhere they i maintain the relationships are just different and i just have to accept them for where they're at now what do you do if a relationship ends mm -hmm. and i mean friendship not romantic right, right a relationship ends whether and you didn't necessarily want it to go that way yeah then how do you deal with that yeah, for me, I can think of four people in my life that I have had to really, truly, sincerely break up with. And every single one of them, I remember as vividly as I remember my romantic breakups. Oh, yes, right? definitely. And so rationalizing that and saying like, yes, it is okay to have grief about what happened. So that's interesting you bring that up as well, because... I can also say oh, it's about four or five people. Mm -hmm. um, well, is this like the magic number? Yeah, maybe, I don't know. Maybe. But um, with saying that, it's like I gave them chances, but right. chances where I spelled out, this is how I need to be treated to stay into this relationship. Yeah. The same as if I was in a, a dating relationship. And I think it, it has felt like a breakup because somehow along the way, boundaries got a little bit crossed where it was like they were they were almost treating you like a significant other would. So there was a lot of grieving in that because there was, at some point, there was some sort of cross of a, of a major boundary. But I can honestly say out of those four or five people, there was a time that I did care about that. I mean, I, I would go so far as to say I still care about them. Totally. But the issue is like, it's not healthy for me. Mm -hmm. It's just not healthy for me. And I've got one life mm -hmm. and I've got so much time on earth as, and as I get older, I'm, doing this easier because um, I want to spend the time with who I want to spend my time with and I want my energy to go to who I want it to. But I, I love that outlook and that sense of it's okay to care for ourselves. And, yeah. And, you know, like you said, mm -hmm. I don't wish them harm. No. I don't wish them ill. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, but, but it is very sincerely like, and we are done, done, done. It, it's not healthy for them either for us to allow them to do that to us either oh um, that's a great point yeah and i don't and again a lot of times when i think back to some of my folks too and the type of personality they had um i don't know that they'll ever understand that but i do know a few of them have then said well you know basically you're like everybody else which to me should be kind of a, okay this is a pattern mm. you know i just hung on the longest i you think know. a big key is we sitting in this room all are quick to say what did i contribute to the situation how can mm -hmm. i do it differently whereas most of the people we're talking about that we've dealt with can't do that yeah so i was just out last night with a bunch of women had a very similar conversation and that was the common thread in whoever they were having angst with is that the other person cannot recognize how they have contributed to mm -hmm. making the situation what it is yeah well, you must be jealous and you must be this. It's like, no, it's none of that, but it takes two people to be where we are. And yes, I have to take responsibility for the fact that I kept helping, which is a form of enabling. 
and kept trying to help this and help that and do this and do that. And we're not getting anywhere. And now I just can't take it anymore. Yeah. But it is amazing the amount of recovery. Before you got here, Harper, I was telling, okay, one situation literally took me like 18 months to recover from. Totally. The longer you're in any relationship, the longer it's going to take you to recover from it or the deeper, more involved you are, maybe. That shared Um, history of some identity associated to the relationship. Absolutely. And what is that? When you talk about the history, like, what is it like? Oh, we've been friends, but we've been friends for 30 years. I think we hold on to a lot of things because of the longevity of it. But it is if it is shifting and changing and no longer serving you, Mm -hmm. I don't think it should matter whether you've known each other for three days or 30 years. Well, and didn't we talk about this? We called it like Marie Kondoing your relationships. Oh, that's what I said. Right? I said, I'm going to start. Yes. You do not bring me joy. Out. You do not bring me joy. Out. That's right. I said I was going to start Marie Kondoing people. An- another thing we were discussing too, which I think is kind of, it kind of, I'm just going to toot our horns a little bit. You and I might not cut people off right away, but we taught our daughters <laughs> to oh, really be very discerning. Yeah, I feel like she's mature, more mature with that than I am. She seems to be able to do it quite a bit easier than, than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I, I feel so good about that because she surrounds herself with positivity that way. Mm-hmm. And she'll defend her friends to, to the end because her meter is not as high as mine either anyway yep. amen to that you're right, yeah you're right you're right we're gonna take a quick break if you have thoughts on this please email us at salon confessions podcast at gmail.com uh salon confessions podcast on the socials and uh we'll be back and kind of round out the rest of this conversation in just a minute back to Salon Confessions podcast. And uh, we've been talking this episode about friendships and how they change and sometimes the heartbreak that we go through when um, they change and we have to say goodbye. And so during the break, we were kind of discussing, you know, what is it about our histories that might lead us to engage with relationships that aren't necessarily very healthy? And for me, it's sort of like, whether you're a romantic relationship or a friendship relationship, I tend to have the same codependent entrance and need, right? So codependency is like, I'm going to give, 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 give until I can't, then I rebel. Then you're like, what the hell happened? Now you're blaming me. Now I'm going to give, 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 give because I feel bad because you blame me. It's this triangle and cycle. I can have that kind of, you know, codependent personality and I have expressed that a lot through the years and it it ha- I think Brene Brown is so brilliant for bringing us face to face with what are good boundaries you guys just both talked about how you raised your daughters to be like having healthy boundaries if you're not in a respectful place with me we're going to have a boundary I didn't learn boundaries I learned like you got to be nice. You got to be polite. You got to be quiet. You can't be too much. You can't be too, li- you know, like having all of these expectations that I took on is like, okay, that's what I have to do. That's why I have to live my life. And part of that is I have to be nice to everybody. And if I'm nice, then they're, then I'm, then I'm being good. 
Yeah. The other thing that Kay said during the break was something about it must be because we're Catholic and <laughs> recovering Har- Catholic. Yeah, recovering Catholic. <laughs> that Harper and I are dying because she doesn't even know the history of like calling this room the confessional. I know. Because it reminds <laughs> her of going to confession. Which, which I'm Lutheran, so I never went to confession. Oh. I just thought it was fascinating. This explains so much, right? About why we talk about I had this person in my life and then it just was too much. Like, first of all, high fives around this room for being people who will draw a boundary. Even mm-hmm. if it took us a long time, mm-hmm. even if we've gotten really wrenched apart by it, some people really, you know, it's okay to struggle with that and still do it. So high fives. High five, high five, high five, high five. And I think you're so right with the like abuse stuff because when you are in an abusive situation, you sort of feel like, you know, you get gaslit in one way, shape or form. And you have to go back and apologize for being mad that you got abused. I mean, it's just like makes you bonkers. Yeah. And I used to describe it somewhat as what I would assume would be a kind of a drug addiction. Like for some reason you need that then. Like it becomes like the only way you know to survive is to have this chaos. But then the makeup is always so amazing that it's like new love and it obviously releases all these endorphins. So that Mm -hmm. feels great in the moment. Just like a drug. So now I'm going to start evaluating all of my friendships through the lens of like, if I were dating this person, Mm -hmm. how would I feel? Mm. How would I, would I want this as somebody who I'm dating? Not not that there's romance involved, but we've made so many connections between relationships that you're Mm -hmm. romantic and friendships and the difference between the two. I have a friend who is in the dating game. And she cuts off people faster than you can say cut. I mean, one little thing, don't, don't, don't. But she puts up with stuff from girlfriends like nothing I have ever seen. Mm -hmm. And one day I finally was like, look, I think you need to start looking at some of these women in your life like you do Mm -hmm. the men in your life. You're quick to cut them off. You're putting up with a whole lot of shit. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure people are really mad at me now because I've like opened her eyes to some things. (laughs) If you're quick to cut a man off, why are you not quick to cut these... Well, we've been friends for years. I don't care. And just me opening her eyes to some of that, she's like, wow, you're right. Same thing. The BS meter is or tolerance meter is very high sometimes when it comes to friends, but other people and vice versa. Sometimes people will put up with so much shit from a man or a significant other that they would never put up with someone they weren't dating. Right. Right. So when you say you want to look at these situations and view them as if someone you're dating, do you think you would tolerate more or less? Less. Mm-hmm. Because because I realized, like, I had horrible relationships, like, totally took my identity out of myself to replace mm-hmm. it with my identity as your partner. Right? Mm-hmm. I did that over and over and over. So I have a dear friend who says you can't unring a bell. And the bell that I heard was, I can't keep doing this. This is not what I want. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna decide what I want. And I decided what I wanted. And then he showed up. And then I married him. <laughs> right. And Good job. there are things that are really hard to talk about in a marriage or in a significant relationship. And you kind of go, oh my God, I really don't want to bring this up. I don't want to have to have a conversation. You know, I just want this to be happy and free and easy. But if I don't bring this up, I'm going to resent it. I'm going to be pissed off about it. And we've talked about in previous episodes that my husband and I have an agreement that if you don't ask for what you need, the other person is not responsible for guessing. True. And so I, I 
you know, replay this to myself. And, and that I think is where I need to be with friends too, because I, I will keep people at, at a distance, but I also won't necessarily ask for anything. I, I think this is hard too, because even then, then are we allowed to cut people off? If we are expectations sometimes too high, I guess would be my part A and my part B is when people don't meet that, those expectations, um, I mean, do we, do we just cut them off right away or do we try to work I through I am very safe in saying not a single person in this room has expectations that are too high for anyone. Yeah. <laughs> I would totally. <laughs> none fair. of us. Yeah. None of us have high expectations of any of anyone other than ourselves. Yeah. We all have much higher expectations for ourselves than we do for anyone else in our lives, whether it's significant other, friends, kids, none of us have high expectations. Okay. So no. And then the second part is, what was the second part? (laughs) Well, the second part was, um, do we cut them off too fast than if they don't meet those expectations? No, we've clearly not cut anyone off fast enough. And and I guess my point was, I just, I, I have this like, feeling like their intentions are good like how could anyone have bad intentions but Mm -hmm. I and that's so naive of me but I I know it that's step one right so I'm admitting it (laughs) but um but like even with these four or five people I have cut off um I have kind of laid out my boundaries um and then when they couldn't possibly meet them which they were fairly simple um you're right when I think about them, yeah. um, you know, then it's just like, it, it, it's time. And then it's that whole playing the victim kind of thing too. Yeah. That's just really hard. And then you just kind of, you know, a lot of these folks that hasn't been their first rodeo. So yeah, um, I don't know. And, and people are broken, right? Oh yeah. I, I oh, yeah. think for me where I find the balance between, do I need to cut them out or not? It's more about have I, have I done something to advocate for myself and to ask for what I need? Um, I had a friend that um, for a long time, she's still a friend and we've gone through a lot of these types of conversations and made it out the other end still. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm really grateful for that. But we went through a time period where I felt like I couldn't say anything that I was going through because it would make her feel bad. Mm. And I would have to take care of her feelings, whether it was about her or not. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it was, sometimes it wasn't. But I would have to take care of her feelings about the fact that I felt bad. You know, all of a sudden it became her situation. And I finally said that. And and it was like this this awareness that we both had. And she was not happy, right? That was hard. Mm -hmm. And she also was like, no, I totally get it. I totally get it. And did she change that behavior? Yes. Nice. Yeah. And it certainly wasn't a light switch. It wasn't like, oh, I'm never going to do that again. Right. Like take, we don't, we don't evolve time. in a linear way. We mm-hmm. evolve in like stages and back steps. And, but, but we are still friends to this day and it's not always easy. We have had, you know, times when we've been farther apart and closer together. But when I start saying things like, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm experiencing. This is what I'm asking for then their reaction gets to tell me what our relationship is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Because if their reaction is you're a bitch and I hate you. And how could you say that to me? I know. Okay. That's all right. We don't have to have a relationship. Right. <laughs> um, but if their reaction is, Oh God, I hear you. I hear you. I'm sorry. 
that we're in this place, you know, let's keep, you know, there, there's some self-awareness mm-hmm. and acknowledgement. Then I feel like I've done my part to say, this is, this is what I want from this relationship. Mm-hmm. The other thing I've gone through with friends in the past um, that I realize is fairly toxic are those friends that you have that sense of competitiveness with. Like, what are we competing for here? Mm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I always, when I was younger, like, I would have a few of those friends and it was like, you know, they they almost made you feel guilty for being who you were. Yeah. Because they were constantly competing with you for Mm -hmm. the strangest stuff. Yes. Like, and... Yeah, I just, and and again, just kind of being with my daughter, I'm, I'm constantly telling her, you're close friends, you shouldn't feel like you're competing with them. Yeah. It should feel like you're all rallying around each other mm-hmm. to build it up, you know? Yes. Yeah, and I, I never, I never wanted to have that, and I don't want my daughter to feel that way either, like. So, have we come to a conclusion, other than when you see the red flags, create the space and leave the space there. <laughs> don't and allow it's it okay back to leave in. The space. Yep, leave the space before you get to the point that you lose boundaries your shit. are healthy. Boundaries are healthy. Um, I love how you said, you know, and you've had better luck than Kay and I have that you've talked to people and said, "This mm-hmm. is a problem. This is what I need," and you've actually gotten resolution. For mm-hmm. for Kay and I, every situation when we've said this is the problem, it they can't see it, they can't fix it, they can't do anything differently. Some of my situations, I've gently removed myself from some have been you know kind of blow-ups I prefer not to have a blow-up but I'm kind of a non-confrontational person but I think we need to recognize the red flags create distance as necessary um, ask for what we need uh, set boundaries did I miss any and be self-aware and and a lot of self-compassion yeah self-compassion self-compassion Self-compassion. It's okay like, for relationships to end. It doesn't mean I'm a bad person. It doesn't mean I've done something bad. It doesn't mean I've failed, right? It doesn't mean that, you know, God's going to hate me or, you know, whatever talk track we have about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, when when there's any kind of breakup, breakups are really healthy. Breakups tell us what we want and what we don't want and what we'll tolerate and what we won't tolerate. And that's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and sometimes maybe someone removes themselves from your life Mm -hmm. because you need space for something else to come in. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's all just growth and evolution. Mm -hmm. And I was going to say, I'm almost 50 and (laughs) it took me a long, long time time to realize about my BS meter. Still trying to figure it out. Yeah. When you pointed out the BS meter a couple weeks ago, I was like, that's genius. Yes. <laughs> and it's funny because I've had to say that to my husband. Well, my tolerance is much higher yeah. than yours. And his, of course, resolution is, yeah, but your shit it be. It's like, but it is. So yeah, here we are. It yeah. is what it is. And I wish some days I could be more like my husband and my daughter because mm-hmm. it's not like they're rude. They just don't ever even allow people to get close enough to yeah. create this kind of chaos mm-hmm. in their yeah. life. Yeah. Like they're yeah. able to create that boundary before it ever happens. Yeah. I but what it. are they missing? They're missing all this. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they can't have a podcast about it. <laughs> <laughs> they say, what in the world? Right. What do you need a podcast for? Yeah, My life about? is perfect. It's easy. Just do that. That exists. Right. <laughs> Goodness. Oh, that was love good. It. Thank you for joining thanks. us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate if it. If you this have any fun. more topics, let us know. You're very good. Absolutely. Talking's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, you know where to find us, Salon Confessions Podcast on the socials. You can email us at salonconfessionspodcast at gmail.com. Okay, so now that we've had some personal growth through the pain of breaking up with friends, we wanted to have a follow-up discussion about what we look for in friends, how we define friendships, and whether or not we're open to new friendships in our lives. In part two, we'll bring back our friend Kay and talk about that mysterious girlfriend group phenomenon that so many people wish for. Is it everything it's cracked up to be? Why is friendship so weird sometimes? We'll discuss all of that in part two. This podcast is recorded live in Jen's Nail Studio and produced and edited by me, Harper Hudson. You can find us on the socials at Harper Has Nice Nails and Jen Takes Confessions. If you have a confession to share, please reach out. Salon Confessions Podcast at gmail.com.